0: He's hitting the button
1: Two, Scared. one blast off Jeff Bezos style.
0: We're all millionaires. I, I feel so bad for whoever's sitting there watching the live stream and that's how it starts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. For all of our new viewers on LinkedIn. <clears throat> yep. Welcome.
3: This is welcome. how this goes. Please endorse me for anti-submarine warfare, which I have in my LinkedIn
1: profile as a skill. (laughs) My skill is uh, live streaming with out-of-focus Bitcoin mining equipment. Yeah, let
3: me go endorse you for uh, all kinds of mining technology, deep sea mining.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anything that has to do with mining. Deep sea mining. Yes, deep sea mining. Yeah. Yeah, that'd
1: be great. Yeah. I, I honestly I have these I have those Bitcoin logos on there, but I need to get a Chia logo now. I'm gonna print one out, 3D style. Yeah. Detrimental is
0: concerned. Yes, we did start detrimental or just start. We have not yeah, actually and started and our content.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're almost out of content. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but to be
1: fair, this is basically our content. But yeah, yeah, it's just us, um, uh, bullshitting around and pretty much interjecting some actual news in there that could help you it's like the pre-show pre-show right this i was is just a weekly version of pre-show banter <laughs> i uh i had put in the uh, the news chat we have a we have a group or uh, a team of people that like cultivate the articles and stuff in case you guys are wondering where we get all these articles and kind of post in there and uh i was looking through them recently and i was just like wow this is just depressing how much it's like everyone's just getting lit up recently I, I don't know i don't know why i just thought like depressed like typically i'm like oh this is such a sweet attack but then you know i'm just like oh another 70 million or 700 million of this data got stolen and i don't know it just seems like are we winning this war or are we just watching it you know from the sideline yeah i kind um, of what you mean
3: yeah, yeah our clients right? are winning more than
1: non-clients say that this is true <laughs> we're just that's true yeah but the thing yeah the thing is is though like i see some of these names and i'm like do they not have any budget i mean obviously somebody like experian or aquifax mm-hmm. they don't have a budget they they actually got rid of their whole team the last breach ago i'm just kidding <laughs> but seriously well, i mean it's not like they they don't make much money either so yeah no well, I, I hear that that's my point that's my point you have these big companies <laughs> that make a ton of money and they can't afford it. Like, I mean, I don't know. That seems just like a brutal statement, right? Like, does not compute. expensive, you know. We keep
0: saying right. it, but
4: well, and you have to, like, you have to think about, like, when when you have a big company like that. Obviously, a, a larger company is going to have more servers, more endpoints, more things like that. And even if you have ro- a robust cybersecurity program, you just have so many more entry points, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like, if I was going to break into a small... Uh-oh. Nope.
0: We're losing yeah. our... Ashley, we, we're we losing your signal. Micrometeors.
4: Uh, yeah.
0: Every okay. time. They strike every, every time.
1: Every time.
4: I know. I don't, like... The Comcast <laughs> guy was supposed to show up yesterday and did not mm. show up again. Surprise! So I... You should yeah, call a know, ransomware right? provider.
0: They have better horrible. customer service than Comcast. <laughs> Maybe they can get you help with your device. Right. With your <laughs> oh. right.
4: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm actually going to kill my camera for a second and see if I can move a little bit or get a cord to plug it in. So I'll be right back.
1: All right. Uh, you want to get this rolling? Yeah, I was just about to ask. You ready? You ready? Yep, let's do it.
0: Ready as we'll ever be.
1: Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'm going to be your host today, Ralph May. John is out saving the world as usual, teaching a class. Who knows? Uh, he's a mysterious man. But uh, we actually have an all-star cast of news people today. We have... <laughs> I was waiting. I just love it. So going around, uh, going, around the, going around the room here, we got Noah at the top. We have Corey. We have Max. And we have the shootest driving this whole picture frame motion thing. We call video and, and uh, audio for podcasts and Ashley. Yeah. Yes, she's here as well. She's just not on the video. Hopefully she'll be back here in a second, but she can join in the conversation. I think John um,
3: sabotaged her Internet.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not sure why, but that's something that John likes to do. Um, he I don't know, very mean. I guess we can go ahead and kick it off. Uh hopefully Ashley can uh join in and we can uh keep it going. But uh what do you guys want to start with today? I know we kind of did a little pre-show talk. The one that like stood out uh to me recently was the um the Fortinet and uh Rapid7. So responsible disclosure, right? Surprise surprise, responsible disclosure is kind of a pain in the butt. So uh Rapid7 discovered a vulnerability in uh, Fortinet, uh, I believe is in one of their, um, their routers and or firewalls. And um, they told them about it and they got pretty much radio silence. They gave them 60 days and then they disclosed the vulnerability. Well, Fortinet wanted more time. They wanted 90 days. It kind of went back and forth, this whole thing. And we who have done this before have found out is that, you know, responsible disclosure is, kind of can be a pain in the butt when you're dealing with vendors and it doesn't always go right. Even when you try to do everything with the best intentions.
3: It's interesting. They're like, you didn't follow the terms on our website, right? It's like, (laughs) it's like, well, hold on. It's isn't the way street here. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, to side with rapid seven, but I mean, it just seems like 60 days is kind of the industry standard a little bit. I don't know.
0: Well, and, yeah. and then on top of that, like you said, with, it was the terms outlined on their website. So I could have a product and I could put it on my website. Like, I don't want you to ever disclose any vulnerabilities you find. Why doesn't that work? It's the same reason why saying we need 60 days on our website doesn't make a difference.
3: No, I think you should do that. It would make you so much more secure. No one will hack you if you just put, right. you can't. No hacking allowed, right?
0: Yeah, you're Without not allowed your to hack me. You're not allowed to disclose that you hacked me.
3: Exactly.
1: It's tough doing these if if you've gone through the process of doing a responsible disclosure, getting people in, uh, when you get the organization involved, sometimes they don't necessarily have the motivation to fix the item, they don't want people to know, they want extended timelines, they want you to describe all the ins and outs of this. They want you to do a bunch of free work, kind of, like after you've already discovered the vulnerability, they want you to go through how they remediate it and all these other kind of things. So it can be a real slippery slope and you'd be like, hey, you know, I want to talk about this in 60 days. And they're like, no, well, if you read it on our website, it's 90 days. And so, yeah, it, it can be fun is the word I'm going to use. And, uh, you know, I think some other people have more intimate experiences with that, but not every vendor is you know, has a good responsible dis- or responsible disclosure program, let alone, you know, stays to their own rules. Right.
3: I feel like there's gotta yeah. be some, uh, st- some read between the lines here. Right. Maybe it sounds like they're just upset. They're probably yeah. just like something, something about the way the email chain went, happened led to someone getting upset and legal action. Were called, I- exactly. Like, tricks, I feel like, et yeah. I mean, who the, the article doesn't say, but I just feel like if it was, yeah. if it was a normal, like, Just three more days, Rapid7 probably would have been like, oh, that's fine. Like 68 days right there. They gave them eight more days for a reason. And then at some point they just said, cut it, just disclose it, right? Like something told them to do that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I think, you know, we've seen this in the past and we'll probably continue to see it. It kind of sucks when you get caught up in the middle. But then it just makes you not want to go through the process of this and hand it off to somebody else to do it, whether it be the client who paid you for this or something. So. Because typically, like Rapid Seven, for example, since they're a consultancy, they probably weren't they weren't hired by Fortinet to do an assessment on their firewalls or routers, and because of that, they probably did it for a customer. It's usually easier to hand it off to the customer and be like, "Hey, this is a vulnerability; you might want to let them know about it." You know, <laughs> I know John's got some feelings about that. We've talked about it before, but let's uh, let's talk about breaches here. So, AT and T got breached. 70 million users in database. Now, I want it to be known that AT&T says that it wasn't us, it wasn't me. They're going with the shaggy defense. And actually T-Mobile went with that one last week. And I got a message from T-Mobile last week saying that uh, my information had been compromised in the last dump. So, um, yeah. And they got a little picture there from an anonymous form, which we won't talk about, which you could easily go Google search. And, um, you know, that people are selling these databases out there. So, yeah, how AT&T got breached, not really sure yet, but going to be through But a they're saying they didn't, yet? and you can
0: trust AT&T. You can trust these big companies. Oh, yeah,
1: I trust them. I trust them. Yep. It'll probably come out next week that somebody that they work with, that they're not associated with, blah, 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 you know, their security practices, not AT&T's. What's a social security number anyhow? They're yeah, so cheap money. Those.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can buy like a couple hundred super easy.
3: Yeah, I bought yeah. Ralphs a while ago. I've been using it all over the place. I know, man. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. But it's yeah, so his credits up
3: though. I've been helping him out, so.
1: <laughs> this information, it it's it's wild too that like they're back to back getting sold to different telco providers too, which large telco can... providers, yeah. Yeah, large telco providers. And then we were kind of talking about before the show like Do they not have a security program? So I think T-Mobile, this is like the third time, all right? I mean, I could be wrong in that number, but like the third time that they've been breached, like, I mean, hire somebody, do something better? I I don't know. It is difficult to say that when, you know, these organizations are big and their attack surface is just as big. Still, though, where we haven't solved it. It, it, It's tricky. And that brings it back to the whole disappointing part where it was like, oh, this is... Like, what yeah. are we doing? Is it even worth it?
3: <laughs> and we, we might need to redefine what a breach is, honestly, because yeah. it's sort of like, what, what, do, what do we classify as a breach? Is it a threat actor accesses an internal server and does something? Or is it like a certain number of records get disclosed? Or is it like, you know, the Facebook breach, for example, it's like, okay, well, no internal data was accessed, but like, you know, 70 million mobile phone numbers were disclosed. Does that count? Right? Or like the LinkedIn breach where it's just scraped data. I mean I don't know it's an interesting discussion what is a breach Max can comment on that I I, I don't know much about defense but is there like an official calculation on what what it, what counts as a breach or is it just like whatever news articles someone writes and says it's a breach all like I think I right
0: know. now it's kind of self-defined for the most part but it nice thing I kind of like the fact that it seems like we're a little we're a little jumpy to call stuff breaches even though sometimes you're like okay yeah so you got you got some cell phone numbers but it's still data that I don't necessarily want to give my cell phone number out to everyone, but it's, it's really it, I, I worry that if we go and approach that conversation too much, that companies are going to start coming like, well, if we only lose 50 social security numbers, that shouldn't count as a breach. And that's where it kind of gets to that point of like these companies don't care about you and they're not afraid to break a couple eggs to make an omelet type of thing. And, and I worry that that becomes a slippery slope a little bit, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. You know, is it a billion people? Does that make it? I mean, like, yeah. yes,
0: if it starts going yeah, no. from okay, any one person constitutes a breach like to oh there's a there's an imaginary number we made up somewhere, that number it, it, like it's still it's like wrong at, at, at once you get to that point
1: no, nah, and I mean I don't know if it's a sort of, I think it's just unauthorized access to that data, right? And then the statement is is that like you know who what what kind of data makes it so sensitive that we need to let everyone know, right? you know, is it just like my freaking shopping preferences. Like how sensitive is that? As opposed to like my social security number, which, you know, I could, you know, consider sensitive identity theft amongst many other things.
0: I would almost argue that your shopping preferences are more valuable than your social security number. But that's, <laughs> that's just me. Well, just because of the amount of things you can tell about a person from just that kind of information. Working in the SOC, we see all these logs on computers all the time. The information we get out of those logs I can I can tell so much about what's going on inside of an environment just off of the logs alone. You look at especially if you start looking at things like DNS, you start looking at things like Zeek logs. I mean, yeah, they're obviously detailed logs, but you can tell so much stuff from that. If someone knows all of the things I purchased off of Amazon in the last, I don't know, two years, they know a ton about me, arguably more than they know about me if they just know my social security number.
1: I mean, you're right. It's... uh... It's tough. And like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you count? Like, is it just someone slipping it out? Like, uh, like accidentally sending something? I mean, I think I consider a breach, like just unauthorized access. I mean, these people are getting what, 70 million records and terabytes of data and text, which also kind of blows my mind too. When you start thinking about that, um, compression really comes in there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I consider that a breach and it's, you know, a lot of information that no one's supposed to have, and they're going to use it in a malicious nature. Right. And I think that's really, really what matters. So if they're
2: saying I mean, they weren't breached, does that mean they sold the data? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a breach. Well, we sold this info. Like, this yeah, we can argue control.
1: Facebook does this every week, right? They're always breached. They just they don't call it that because they sell it, right? Yeah. Wait, well, is that a what, segue? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that could be a segue. Oh yeah, you want to uh, you want to talk about your Facebook story? Yeah,
0: let's 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 go into that. I mean, unless you really want to talk about this some more, but.
2: No, no, um, no. I mean, I think we. Right, Sorry, guys, this there.
0: is a New York Times article, so it's paywalled. But you I might have that...
2: a, a transition to Facebook, though, if I am allowed to interject. So sure, you were saying there's a lot of information you can get from the data you see to the sock. Uh, what if Facebook starts offering sock services, mm. you well, know, but, uh, some something in the contract that says they can use it for marketing or. Whatever.
3: That, yeah, that is, that, that's a good. Is there any like InfoSec influencer companies yet? Does that exist? <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so terrifying. It's like your algorithm said that you really want to protect insider threats. So we've just quarantined your entire <laughs> internal network, right? It's like there you go. the sock the SOC technicians can like upvote alerts and stuff. It's like, Dear <laughs> <laughs> One likes this or
1: whatever. It's like,
0: perfect. Oh man, that, that would so, be terrible. But so how, how is, is Facebook
1: making, making our life better?
0: Oh, in its normal ways. I don't know. I, people are like, oh, we have the beauties of the Internet. I think Facebook broke everything with that. But anyhow, so this article paywalled, but you can pretty much tell everything you need to know from the, t- the headline here, which is that to protect users, Facebook says it's hiding friends list on accounts in Afghanistan. And, and I think this is just really interesting and slightly unprecedented that Facebook is now kind of acknowledging the fact that its users are disclosing almost more information than they really want to be disclosing. And for their own protection, now Facebook is coming in and hiding the friend list to prevent open source intelligence against these these people in Afghanistan. And I just think that that's wild. And like I said, it's unprecedented they basically like all this time, Facebook's been there, but they've never acknowledged this. It's just always been in the background. We knew it. Uh, a lot of people on this on this uh, webcast knew it, but. Facebook is now acknowledging it, which is kind of crazy. Any thoughts are we assuming
3: on that? The Taliban are we assuming the Taliban doesn't have a Facebook account? You can't be like, can you be friends with the Taliban on Facebook? <laughs> like, I'm assuming not. I just want to.
1: Like- I, I thought I read an article recently that they were like, they were upset. They they were they were upset that their freedom of speech was being like impeded against because they weren't allowed on Twitter or something. I don't know.
3: No, they're deplatformed. That that would. Make oh no,
1: sense. no, no. Actually, it was the opposite. It was that. They were on the platforms, but other people had been deplatformed, right? And that, who do we value more? I don't know, whatever. It's kind yeah. of funny.
3: I mean, it is interesting because it takes the, it, like, I feel like most companies now have like a secure ish or private ish default, but no one gets the default unless, like, who's creating a new Facebook account, right? Other than Ralph's new kid, like, everyone already has one. And so their settings are the same they were, like, oh, I was in high school in 2005 when I made this Facebook account. Hopefully, the same settings carrying forward are. Line, but it is interesting to see them actually go. No, your default settings are garbage. We're throwing them away, and we're giving you new settings. Right? It's yeah. interesting.
0: Well, I don't know. I think with friends, I don't know if you can really hide those, other than hide your entire profile, which is a great idea. You should totally do that. But I think you actually have to hide your entire profile. Otherwise, anyone can find your profile and see who your friends are.
1: Do yourself a favor, delete your Facebook, and you'll be a better that's, person. That's the ultimate, great. the ultimate fix.
3: Delete yes. your lawyer. Hit the gym. Wait, wait, I'm confused.
2: <laughs> oh, you hit the lawyer and... Wait, no, that's also not
3: so long. No, you're, you're on track. It's fine.
2: Going further on this, what do you do if one of their leaders tries to add you on Facebook to see your friends list? <laughs> if you decline, is that already dangerous? I don't know.
0: You know, when I, when I was young and I first got Facebook, my mother told me, you should never add anyone on Facebook you don't know in real life. I would say that that advice stands true even to today. So, Max, Max, that's a that's a flashback to MySpace right there, where where you know, what's his name is everybody was whatever his name was, friend Tom. Tom, yeah, everybody was Tom's friend. He was everyone's
3: friend. He wanted all the friends, and he was in the top eight.
0: In Afghanistan, you know, the leaders, everybody's friend. That's just automatic.
3: <laughs> they, they, Facebook needs a third option called like the Glomar response or whatever, the confirm nor deny. It's like, I can do the confirm nor <laughs> deny whether we're <laughs> friends.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Perfect. Yeah. Face, Facebook's had some improvements when it comes to uh, connections. But, sure. anyways,
0: this, we have a comment here. But, Shady, I'm not necessarily saying stop using Facebook. I am saying stop using Facebook if you can. But, if you don't feel like you can do that, then at least go back and visit your privacy settings and make sure that you regularly are going back there and make sure that the information that's being shared about you is information you're okay with being shared. I'm not saying you can't use it, but if you're not using it, then you're definitely not sharing information you don't want shared. Oh,
1: no, I'm, I'm totally saying delete your Facebook. And it's not because... Oh, yeah. And not because of security issues. That's not actually not why I think you should delete your Facebook. Oh, there's right? so
0: many reasons. Yeah.
1: I, I think personally, you should delete your Facebook because of what it does, like what it does to your perception, right? They, you know, Facebook feeds you information and, and, and granted, it's not just Facebook. This is not just a Facebook thing, right? But oh, just yeah. taking information about you and feeding what you want to see, even if that's not actually reality, it just... It's the it's the algorithm, right? Like in multiple documentaries have been about this and we this has been discussed. And the idea is is that if it gets engagement, if it gets you to click, that's what it's gonna feed you. And so you just start getting this kind of fake reality fed to you every day. And and that's that's the real issue with Facebook. Yeah, I was so. gonna say oh, for um, sure.
3: Yeah. It's not what you yeah. like, it's what you engage with, which is usually things that make you mad, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I know we're kind of going off the security tangent here, but you know, that's, that's are we streaming that's this on really... Facebook? Follow us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to stream on Facebook now too. We need more likes. <laughs> what else we got for today? So we talked about Facebook and, you know, them doing good things weirdly enough for not following. Sometimes I feel like Facebook is just shoveling a bunch of crap at you.
2: Mm, you is know. that a segue?
0: It's, it's, it was an attempt at a segue. Yes, <laughs> give it to us. Give it yeah, to us. you
4: again, right?
0: Oh, so. she's back. Yeah, Ashley's yeah, here yeah. So I figured I, it was I as good that, a time as any.
4: I think and, that I've and, gotten stable for a second.
0: And shout nice. out to my home state of Maine here, unfortunately. <laughs> but take it away, Ashley.
4: Yeah. So, uh, so a couple weeks ago, we were talking about train stations. Uh, now we're going to talk about sewage plants. Oh, so, yeah, so there were a couple of uh sewage plants that were hit by ransomware attacks again, this is it's kind of the the same way with the train stations. So they didn't take any data, they didn't do any damage. They just was like, "Look, look at what we can do, you know, which is almost more terrifying, right that it's it's they're they're opening up this scope of like, okay, look, we can hit trains. we can shut down transportation." We can hit sewage systems, so we can now set shut down sewage plants. You know, in the past, they've you know, we've had water treatment facilities attacked. Um, you know, it's just it's it's this look at look at all of the things that we can do with your critical infrastructure. Like we could we could annihilate it if we wanted to, but you know, it's like they're they're poking those holes in it now to see what they can and can't do. I, I think the most terrifying part about this particular attack, is that they took safety systems offline, pumps that could overheat, tanks that could overflow. Those kinds of things are, those are the things that you you always panic when you're talking industrial control systems, right? If a pump overheated, could it explode? Could it cause loss of life to people at the plant? You know, could it, I mean, I'm sure that there's chemicals and, and stuff like that, that should not be set on fire in a in a sewage treatment plant you know what happens to the outside you know outside of just the plant right we blow up a a pump now there's a fire now we're burning off chemicals and that smoke and everything expands out into the greater area now what do you have to you have to be concerned about the population that's around that sewage plant and you know how far that could go depending on wind and and everything so it's a really kind of dangerous really scary situation that that they were able to to get this and windows 7 that's that's how they got in
0: and nobody likes the smell of burning poo
4: right yeah that's never never good probably Um, training
3: but yeah they're like all right go hack this go hack this rural plant in maine if you can't get in there you can't be part of our
1: ransomware group Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's a, it's like an initiation process, right?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: CTF to get into the, to the club.
3: Someone went too far and then they started (laughs) noticing, you know?
4: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you see safety controls being touched, it's really just crazy. I mean, we, we, I think the first one I'm aware of was Trysis or Triton depending on who you like to follow in OT information security, Mm -hmm. but. They had a fan. There's a fantastic, uh, fantastic episode on Darknet Diaries about Triton. If you guys haven't heard that, go back and, and check that out. But it just kind of really outlines the dangers of having Internet connected safety controllers. You know, I mean, and it, it's it, mm-hmm. I also working in a manufacturing background. I'm I've worked with the techs. I've sat there and listened with them. And we've we've talked about, hey. We can't not have these things connected to our networks like it's way too inconvenient. That thing is, you know, thousands of feet in the air somewhere, but you really should think about it. You should really stop for a second and think about it before you connect it up.
4: It's a difficult game too. sometimes you have like um, like compressor stations, specifically like when you're talking like oil and gas pipelines, you have these compressor stations and they're they're. Mm -hmm not close to the refinery they're just they're just used to to keep the the pipeline funneling and they're unmanned so nobody's nobody's out there they're hours right. away from a refinery because you've got yeah i mean you have thousands and thousands of miles of pipeline and they're just they're just sitting there doing nothing if you needed to take it offline somebody has to somebody's driving. Two and a half, three hours. I've I've seen upwards of them being four hours from where anybody was was able to get to them. And in four hours, an attacker can do a whole lot of damage. And so you have to have those things connected to the internet because they have to be able to remotely access those things and and get readings and stuff like that. But it's at what point are, you know, is the is the risk of having those things connected to the internet greater than the reward every time i see every time i see a ransomware attack i'm like oh well we clear, clearly we haven't found that line yet because we're still putting things on the internet consistently yeah, Absolutely. and you know it's just it's it's like it's these things are bound to happen and you know when you look at at rural locations that are getting hit it's like okay well you know i mean how many people is that affecting really when you're talking a rural location, but it's like, well, these, these companies, these plants, you know, I've, I've been in, I've been in oil refineries for, you know, five or six different corporations. Right. And when I go in, there's so many similarities that it's like, you know, if, if I went to to you know mom and pop oil company that only has maybe one refinery, that refinery is pretty much built the same way as large mega we give gas to everybody corporation. There, there's, there's not like there's a plethora of manufacturers out there that are creating these devices. There's a handful of manufacturers out there that are creating these devices. And so if the vulnerability exists somewhere rural, chances are it exists in a big corporation too. Now, mom and pop may not have as much money to put into cybersecurity as, you know, mega corporation, but eventually, you know, you'll find something. I mean, it's, it kind of ties back into AT&T, right? And we were talking about, like, it's a larger corporation. You have a larger surface area, even though you might put, Millions of dollars into cybersecurity. There's just so much more to secure that it realistically is the same problem.
0: Yeah, and those smaller organizations running PLCs, those are interesting too. I at one point I had a friend who had a distillery, and uh, they called me out and they were just like, "Hey, would you take a look at this? I just want to make sure I'm doing things right." And I go into there and I wasn't familiar with distillery operations, so I had them show me around and explain the processes and everything. And I found out later on that they had their pressure vessels PLC reading data mm-hmm. into their cell phone. But they were the only operator. You know, so they were like, this seemed like a great idea at the time. I'm like, no, you gotta you gotta stop that right now. You you should not have PLC <laughs> yeah. data going to a cell phone ever. But anyhow. So those smaller companies are almost scarier sometimes because at least in those larger corporations, they have a policy sometimes mm-hmm. written out.
4: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's funny that you it's funny that you brought that up with the distillery because I uh I definitely saw this. It was like a I don't know like do-it-yourself like beer craft beer thing and you just got a raspberry pi and you put open plc on it and you could set it all up as a as a plc and then it would connect it would send all the data back to your cell phone um there was a homegrown app uh that was with it that you could modify a little bit for your needs and it would tell you like It would, you know, be like, hey, this has been said soaking for X amount of days and everything. And then uh, it even had instructions with it. After the number of days hit, there would be a trigger that would send you the instructions of what you need to do next to make your beer. And I was actually going to like set the whole thing up in my basement as a as kind of like a Mm -hmm. hacker experiment. But then I was going to actually attack it and show why you shouldn't do that <laughs> and everything. But yeah, it's, it's like the amount of things that you can do with with PLCs and even like little like homegrown PLCs is incredible. There's all these projects where you can build your own security system, you know, make your own remote door pads and, and locks and everything and stuff like that. And I'm just like, this is...
0: Yeah, and then at the same this point, bad, you know yeah. that some sewage facility in Maine sees some project and they're like, oh, that's pretty good. We could work that in because it's being <laughs> ran by two guys and or or whatever, you know, and it, it's why it's why these are so hard sometimes. But yeah, I can't wait crazy. to get beer
3: ransomed back to someone. <laughs> it's like pay 25 bitcoins, to unlock your beer.
0: <laughs> Actually, didn't. uh didn't one of the whiskey distillers get hit with ransomware a while back? And it, it disrupted. So. The, it was like Jack Daniels or something like that. I'd have to hunt up the article for it. But You'll ruin
3: the saying... batch if you do not send Bitcoin to this address and also a case of Jack Daniels.
1: So what you're saying is that we're one, we're one insider thread away from the next big ransomware, right? What if mm-hmm. there was a, I don't know, like a, a message board or chat where somebody could just post out and say, hey, you want to make a percentage of uh, ransomware on this attack? And uh, I guess there is. So I guess uh, cybercrime groups are asking insiders to help with actually planning ransomware. They are posting on Telegram and saying, hey, listen, if you plant or run this code, run this ransomware at at your company, we'll give you 40% of the proceeds that they have to pay out in a ransomware, right? Which is uh, pretty wild if you think about it. Well, hey, just run this. I would argue maybe lose your job, but you know, get paid a bunch of money. It's only illegal if you get caught, Ralph.
3: Oh, the, the real question right. is: how is attribution good enough to pick this? Like, because you could easily just be like, "Oh, I didn't know what I was running." Right? Like, uh, know, do we have enough OSINT or enough intel to actually attribute this? Yeah. So stuff?
1: you you could you could third party it. You could be like, "All right, well, listen." I'm not going to do anything. You just send me the email and I'll click on it, right? Uh, make it make it realistic and I'll and I'll just be the I'll be the dumb guy. I'll be the person who didn't know that he clicked on this, right? That could be the way to kind of smooth over the attribution. But I mean, insider threats are real and one click away, you know, with a, a decent threat actor could really work you over pretty fast, right? and put your incident response to the test to see how fast you can stop this ransomware from spreading, right?
3: Don't worry, um, though. There's no disgruntled employees, yeah. dude. Companies no. treat their workers <laughs> so well. There's no people being in bottles or anything like that. It's a, it, No one's disgruntled. It's fine. 10-hour <sighs> days for 30 years. I don't see the problem. You make all good yeah, points. I think it's
4: I think it's funny that that this was like this was an article for for today as well because uh, I've been I'm I'm speaking at a conference in November. Uh, well, hopefully we'll we'll see we'll see what COVID does, right? But uh, I'm supposed to be speaking at a conference in November, and this was kind of like one of the topics that I was going to talk about. Right? Is is this kind of new idea of like ransomware as a service? Yeah. Where you know, whereas before it was usually like I mean, you had you have all the the APT groups and stuff like that but it was usually contained within those groups right the, those groups were out doing stuff for those groups and it's like now these groups are are spreading it and they're like hey we could get more people if and we could get more money if we take other people and have them do stuff for us and then you know work that in right we give a small percentage of what we're getting so we're still making all this money but we're not having to you know, keep recruiting people and stuff like that. I think you know it's getting more difficult to to maybe recruit people and stuff. But you know, having that where you already have you have somebody with their foot already in the door, you don't have to break in from the from the external because there's somebody yeah. already there. All yeah. you have to do is send out an email. That's easy, and so it like made it worth my while. Concept right? is really really I mean, interesting. People, they
3: got a lot of they they probably asked people, what is it going to take? You mm-hmm. know, what is it going to take for you to infect this system or this host or whatever? And people said give me a cut of the profits, and they were like, oh, this actually works. If we give you 40%, people are in, right? It's, I mean, it's like if you just ask people for their password, they're like, no, but if you're like, here's $5, can I have your password? They're like, yes, actually.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> how much my password's think, worth. Think of all the biggest like IT tech companies. They're all middlemen, and that's what they're doing, right? They're building a <laughs> ransomware middleman service, right? You can do a lot more ransomware, a lot more attacks, and a lot less uh, exposure if you just take a piece of the action in the middle, right? Just setting it up or doing whatever. So right, we're gonna see more of it. And yeah, I would be surprised to this article that we see more groups getting insiders to execute or do those little pieces, right? Like, think about it. Instead of needing to bypass all these mail filters and hopefully someone clicks on this or whatever, why don't you just give them $200 and make that million, right? Like, it's 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 ridiculous. So. Um. Yeah, we're probably gonna see a lot more of this, and also they'll just... totally
3: get their forty percent cut. Totally,
1: <laughs> right? Like,
3: <laughs> like if you're dumb up, if you're doubling up to be like, oh yeah, I, uh, that's fine. I'll run yeah. the payload. Right? You're
1: you're yeah. totally getting your cut. Yeah. Like, okay, Once which you...
3: Bitcoin address? Oh, I gave you my Ethereum address. Oh no, yeah. I lost it. Take... I, I, oh no, my keys. Uh... Hmm. Up front,
2: right? I'll take I my money up my front, I want it. Meow. <laughs> 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 I think it might be similar to the, uh, you know, the yeah. other direction with the ransomware, where you know people are only gonna betray their employer if they if they know from other stories that people actually got their money. Probably yeah. in the interest of of the, of the gangs to to at least pay. initially you know have enough cases where they actually pay the people who yeah give them yeah
1: piece. here's gonna be the scary problem they're gonna have so many people volunteering the price is gonna go to nothing man like. <laughs>
3: I mean, this dovetails with a few weeks ago. We talked about the article where the crypto or the ransomware actor disclosed all their GTPs because he was disgruntled. Like, crypto uh, ransomware groups are going to have to be- get better benefits, better pay, right? Like, we're going to have to have unions. We're going to have ransomware unions, guys. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have ransomware unions.
0: <laughs> I left Darkside to go to Revel so that way because they had better health insurance, you know?
3: Yeah, better benefits. And,
0: yeah, exactly. I get a company car with these guys. I mean, I work from
1: home, but
3: I know. Yeah, exactly.
1: I don't even need a car, but I need this company car for, you know, all those trips to wherever it is, right? Non-extradition yeah,
3: like areas is where they're going. Yes, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely only non-extraditious countries because this, uh, this is a hot topic, hot button job.
2: But how are you going to get to the pipeline without a car?
0: You kind of started to go there, Ralph, but I, I was thinking this in the back of my head. So does that mean that the insider threats now count as part of the ransomware actors, the people who mm-hmm. pe- other people are saying, you know, deserve the uh, death penalty and all sorts of other stuff?
3: If you can forensically prove it, probably. Yeah. I mean, right. Like if you have the attribution to say like they knowingly engaged and ran the payload and took 40% of the profits, I mean that, right. I mean, in a court is, of is law, that a
0: full qualifier as like a, as a ransomware actor, even though there's now a group of people that are preying on other people? I, I don't know. I'm just, it's it's an interesting thought, you know? So
2: how do you defend against
0: this? You keep your employees happy.
3: <laughs> no, you, you do. No, no, no. <laughs> I do. You purchase an insider threat assessment, right? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you plan for it, right? You plan for, P- yeah. you, you know, it's like the Twitter thing, right? You don't give employees abilities to tweet as any Twitter user, right? Or like, you don't, you have to, principle of least privilege, defense of death, blah, blah, blah. You know, the same thing. But basically, you have to plan for, our contractors are going to potentially screw us. Our employees are going to potentially screw us. You just have to be aware that these things can and do happen, especially now that it's more and more tempting than just, oh, I was confused and I ran the payload. Now it's more like, oh, I wanted 40% of the profit, so I ran the payload. It's more intentional and that makes it scarier, which makes it more real, right? It's right. definitely a harder,
1: harder threat, too. Like you have to, like Corey's saying, you have to plan for it. It's that, but that plan, is not as simple as being like well there's some outsider who sent some email that nobody would ever want to click on and it was all an accident and you know we were just a victim right as opposed to like well there's somebody in our organization who wants to you know wants to make a profit off this too and that's really difficult to defend against even though you should be planning that out right making Not just one i doubt they're sending this email to any just a single individual yeah, they're sending yeah. it to
0: 25 30 people at a time probably
3: oh well dude, at this point it's an open email. ad at this point, yeah, it's an open yeah. right? If like I'm disgruntled, I can just find just a clean. group. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, it's so much harder to burn out an mm-hmm. insider threat, right? Because like, there's a lot of miscommunication. <laughs> like, having done red teams, I've I've done a red team where I got I compromised the user, and they reported the the fish. They were like, I think I got fished, but I w- I already had I it was an SSO, and I had access to their ticketing system, so I just went in the ticket and said oh, sorry, that was my mistake. I I opened that email in in an error. Can you close it? It's fine. And they did. They closed it. So it's like, it's so much, if you're actually maliciously trying to persist this ransomware in a network, it's so much harder to burn it out. It's not like, like you re-image their laptop and they just run it again, right? Like, right. Or, or, you know, you you take away their, I, like, what do you do? I guess you just fire them, I guess. Like, it's hard. It's <laughs> a hard thing. I, I, Which know, that will you...
0: make them more angry at you. Like they yeah. were disgruntled
1: before, so you fired them. Instead of quarantining the computer, you have to quarantine the yeah. person. You like lock them up. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry, blue teamers. Good luck. Like you have my best wishes, blue teamers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so ransomware is still a thing. Well,
0: that's fun. I really, I'm really waiting for the day where we can say that ransomware is no longer a
1: thing. That will be fantastic. (laughs) No, that's not going to happen, regretfully. I'm sure something
2: worse will follow.
1: If it's profitable, we can expect to see more of it. And in this case, it's profitable. Not just for the lulls, right? Yes, and it's all because of Bitcoin, too. It's all, yes, we must blame cryptocurrency. (laughs) It's all cryptocurrency's fault, nothing else. That's it.
2: Mm -hmm. That is it.
1: It enables the whole market system. We must shut it down.
2: That was all a joke. Maybe at some point they'll just do the ransom before the actual attack and say, you know, if you don't pay us, we're gonna hack you and then it's gonna be very messy it's for you. Extortion.
1: So- it's straight gone to extortion. <laughs> we don't even do hacks anymore. I just extort.
2: Protect just- money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a nice network you have. It would sure be a shame if someone were to come mess it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just do that on a Google ad server. Just just like yeah, put it on the website. Exactly.
1: Ooh, seriously, I can set up ads in Google ads or Facebook and target only CEOs of large corporations that have certain amount of people. They will see my ad only, like just them, only in certain regions if you want. They will see the ad that says, you don't want your company to be a victim. Go ahead and pay us now or you might be next. This is the advertising world we live in, though. Where's the
3: protection is- racket? We got to get it started. Where is right? the
1: protection racket. Oh, my God. All right. No more ransomware. We're done. No more. We're ever going to talk about it again. There's never going to be an article about ransomware again.
0: Are you saying you want to talk about botnets then?
1: Yes. Yes. Let's talk about botnets then. Because just like ransomware, they're never going away. Oh my God. Yeah. Go ahead. Talk about this article. Oh no. I you didn't have anything to say. I haven't read it well enough. Oh, you don't even know. It. All right. It's cool.
3: What is the Mosey botnet? No, no. So,
1: uh, uh, what I was going to bring up is that, so yes, botnets are not going away. But if you think about it, like one of the big things with these botnets is usually out of date manufacturers who've end of life stuff and stuff like that. And that um, even actually brings up another article we have too with uh, Cisco. Cisco's got some end of life routers. And I believe it's some uh, customer or uh, small business routers. And, um, you know, it's not just routers, but other devices too. Cisco doesn't want to support them anymore. And they're being, exploited and vulnerabilities are being discovered like for example this one is a rce on these these uh, small business routers and because they're into life Cisco's just not going to do anything and it's going to be exploited and turned into absolutely a botnet it will be in a botnet like as a service package if you want to build a big botnet and they will use these botnets to do ransomware attacks and other kinds of malicious activities they don't want to Exposure location, uh, denial of service attacks, other things like that, and this is just all part of the big ecosystem to keep the the threat actor machine going, right? And there's no fix. Yeah, I mean it's two
3: IoT, it's two IoT problems with different fixes, right? One is home, and one is business, right? So yep. I don't know if it's at home, I kind of feel like the manufacturer. Although I don't know, at the same point in time, like it's kind of. Do do home manufacturers have, like, a responsibility as much to fix these kinds of bugs, or is it...
0: I I think it's a little bit tough because, like, I kind of get what you're going with, I think. In your home environments, in your home networks, it's not uncommon that you'll, like, go to a friend's house and you'll wander over and you'll see this Netgear that I swear came out in, like, 2003. And Uh, part of the problem was they were given that in 2012, but they've kept (laughs) it till like, (laughs) 2021. It's just been their router. It hasn't stopped Uh. working, so why... Why fix it? And, and so, like, yeah. In the home, it's completely different. Now, the other problem is those is that people have paid a ton of money for this Cisco gear, and they're now like, "Hey, why we now have vulnerable edge devices? This is not good." And Cisco's like, "It's your own problem. Buy some new Cisco gear." We got some yeah.
1: real good gear here. It's real expensive, but it's real nice. So nice. Get a new TAC yeah. subscription with
0: it, and some Ooh, everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah, to get that TAC. God, yeah. So nice.
1: So nice. That bar. I feel like yeah. it's
4: almost like that. That cell phone mentality, right? Where it's like, you know, you have a cell phone for a couple of years, then all of a sudden, like the battery starts not living as long and apps start not working and everything. And it's like, you know, we know, like, like Samsung, Apple, like all those companies, they've disclosed that, yeah, we do that. Yeah, we do that because you you need to upgrade. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, they say the hardware can only handle so much yeah. before you need to upgrade the hardware, right? Like, half these phones are more powerful than laptops that i have and everything and it's like no that's you just want more money we're starting to see this in in other in other you know aspects as well like it i mean it's always been like that but not so blatant as it is now where you have you know you have companies that are like no we're gonna end of life this product i'm like that hardware could still run a lot of things you just want them to upgrade and you want them to spend more money and it's this, this consumer driven yeah, like, like a cybersecurity that we say, have.
3: OTA, right? That's the where everything's going is the OTA updates where like you buy a subscription to a product. You don't buy a product, you don't buy like a serial number, you buy like a subscription to whatever cloud service Cisco has or every any company. Same with the router stuff, right? Like even like from your ISP you can lease a, a modem. I don't know if it gets OTA updates, probably not, but it is interesting you on get the enterprise OTA level. Off the line. Yeah, I mean, it's right. Well, there was also that one hacker that was like, oh, they were like breaching people's routers and then fixing the bugs for them. So like, who knows at this point, the router might have been fixed by a threat actor at this point. But um, it is interesting when you think about like, I think they obsoleted. They would rather have people go with something that's just kind of a rolling, you know, it's not a product. It's like a service, I guess. I
1: don't know. We, it would be interesting to have like a standard for doing like security or like a so having a standard for products that have like a 10 year security support shelf life right if you buy this router or whatever you'll get 10 years of security updates or something like that
0: i mean it would be nice cuz even when you go and download like an ubuntu image if you go and get like the 18.04 lts yep. like thing it tells you this operating system will be supported for this many years and they do that because Number 1 people put it into IoT devices and they want to know that the IoT device is going to last for that long theoretically. Yep. But yeah, it'd be fantastic. I would totally go I'd be happy to see Netgear mm-hmm. come out with a router that is says, "Look, we long-term, will support yeah. this. We'll do long-term support on this for 10 years." And yeah. I would pay extra for it if I saw it.
3: Yeah. It's and all honestly, nice, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it's running Ubuntu 18.04. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they don't have to do the security patches right <laughs> exactly dude it's got a cron exactly.
0: job in it that runs the the package manager and you're good to go but uh, well, but even that however, would still be an improvement over some of this stuff we see
1: there definitely is some room for improvement there especially with some software mm-hmm. just to have like just knowing that it's long term because right now you just buy it you're like i hope it's still supported next week i mean that's been one of the big issues with the android phones right it was for me personally is that you bought this new phone and it And was next year they were like well i mean maybe you'll get the new version of android i don't know we'll think about it if you're lucky the software version cliff was like a year and you're done right there's other versions of hardware that doesn't support that but just knowing regardless of what it is and we're talking specifically about security here knowing that you can get that 10 years of support or whatever it may be because i mean that i can totally accept hey in 10 years i'll have to get another one of these that's fine but I don't need to because of some security issue for the next 10 years which is which is you know worth it I think companies should be looking for that yeah like yeah. someone in chat well, and- said
3: should security updates be included or similar to a warranty, right? Like that, Yeah, I feel like California entered the chat on that one. They were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which it probably should, right? Like probably <laughs> right? On, on like secure, if, if the product's warrantied for X amount of time, it should probably get security updates during that time. And I'm sure at some point there'll be a lawsuit where it's like, this product was under warranty but it was like breached by attackers and disabled you know what i mean or something like that i yeah. don't know i just i could see the writing on the wall
0: well and real quick i think since we're talking about it we should also talk just just for a mm-hmm. quick second on the fact that when i'm saying i want software updates for these edge devices and these iot devices like this i don't want software updates that i have to go and log into the web interface on my router go mm. download a separate like download like a tar file off of netgear's website and then yeah. do it, because like, that will never happen. It will, OTA, you, it yeah, needs, it has to be OTA. It needs to be OTA. So I, I do want to specify that, like, yeah, you need support, and it needs to be OTA. Yeah.
3: But the privacy people just freaked out about OTA updates, right? Because now it means that the re- manufacturer has a way to update your firmware, which if that's compromised, like, it, you know, it's, oh yeah it's tough i mean it's i'll tough. take
1: i'll take that over just dying on the vine after you know yeah, two it's, years it's, no updates Right, that's
3: fair especially for the average person right for the yeah, average person yeah, yeah. yeah at the enterprise level maybe they're not willing to take that risk but
0: well and if you're really that worried about it you're gonna go get some cisco gear which is yeah. no longer supported and you can't <laughs> update but, you know,
3: so maybe don't yeah. maybe get something else like yeah. <laughs> the,
1: inter- the enterprise hires somebody to to do this, hopefully. Right. That's their idea. That should be part of their whole life cycle sustainment for the organization. Like I bought this. It's going to last for this long. After this time, we upgrade to this, blah, blah, blah. You don't necessarily have the upgrade path, but you're always working towards like what you're going to do next, you know. My grandmother doesn't have that. There's none of that. My parents, they don't have that. And, yeah, they do. Um, they have
3: you, Ralph. i say, <laughs> yeah, right? You are that, Ralph.
1: Too. Every time. <laughs> no. But um, just having something that does mm-hmm. have OTA, you know, over-the-air updates and that can just get that. You can just be like, turn it on, make it work. And you know what I think is funny? Right now, the current systems that are kind of have that level of security... Are like the Prosumer dash like baby enterprise, right? I mean, I'm not talking Cisco stuff like Ubiquity and some of the other lines where they're like, they're well, definitely... or even Cisco
0: stuff if you look at like Meraki, yeah. But do it, yeah. Anyway, well, didn't
3: they buy? Yeah, I mean, they bought like a mid tier Prosumer brand, right? Isn't that where Meraki came from? I think, yeah. yeah.
0: But it, it does a OTA type of update, and I mean, yeah, you can you can still get even Cisco gear that does that theoretically, but. I, I feel like I'm calling out Netgear, but hey, Netgear, I'm talking to you. Your update process is terrible. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, we've seen threat actors literally using router phones in the last, start, like, that botnet, right? I mean, they're very common, and they're hard to fix. You know, people don't patch their stuff. I mean, those CVEs um, were 2014 and 2015. They, it's not news. It's not 2021s.
2: I would assume they're, they're already patched by threat actors by now. It's just yeah. somebody <laughs> still has access
3: yeah, that's probably true,
2: yeah. Unless the botnet got taken down at some point. So speaking of consumer hardware, what about this
1: uh, Razer mouse, right? Have you guys seen this? So uh, I guess... This is pretty cool. Somebody discovered that if you plug in a Razer mouse, you can actually use the Razer installer as system to escalate privileges. Well, you so- know, it's not
0: you do it. Windows just does it for you. Windows yes. updates, launch the installer for you as system. Mm-hmm.
3: Is basically the cost from of RGB?
0: There, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from there, when you open up, uh, it'll open up the installer and then you can just open like a file browser and then go find CMD and launch
1: it and it'll run yeah, a system. Launch PowerShell. Yeah. So, um, and, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and you can use an OMG cable for this too. So uh, an implant, you know, you can just easy supply chain, replace the cable and a mouse with a device that does this attack and you have instant beacon as system which is crazy i
1: wonder so all right this is a razor mouse and somebody discovered this and you know I- i'm assuming by accident they were like what the hell <laughs> like oh wow I can just right click here Jesus Christ <laughs> but I wonder how many other devices do the same thing right the Is driver, it just yeah, like the Maze driver mode? thing Yeah yeah like this has got to be more There's I mean it's going to be the new thing now Everyone's be posting on Twitter how they got privilege escalation with their new I don't know Chinese mouse or whatever I don't know It's kind of not a razor problem
0: as so yes. much of a like it's it's the whole system This the Windows updates installing your mouse driver running it as system Just assuming that it's going to be like, yeah, the manufacturer should have probably thought about this a little bit, but what if I were to decide I want to make a mouse now? Whose responsibility (laughs) is this? This is really, if it it falls on anyone, it has to fall on Microsoft.
3: Yeah. Well, it also goes back to the disclosure conversation we were having earlier, right? It it was, I told them they didn't respond, so here's a freebie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is like, which I know this, like, I know it has been discovered, you know. (laughs) it's it's not like a new thing necessarily but it is interesting disclosure problem
1: well i I don't think they gave Razor 30 60 days on this one i think they were just like hey dude look what i could do no (laughs) i'm
0: sure that quite frankly like they said they called razor (laughs) razor was if they said anything at all was like this isn't an us problem, this is a Microsoft yeah. like
1: problem. They were like, it's functioning properly. I can tell, look. Yeah, but see, probably... now it
3: has their logo on it, right? This is like, yeah. the, it's the court, it's the public opinion thing, right? It's like, uh-huh. yeah, how, yeah, do you yeah. get to, how do you get, how do you drive change in EDR products as an example, right? You get enough clients to complain about their EDR product. That's the same thing as this, right?
2: So I would, I would like to bring this back to the long-term support uh, discussion we had before. So now if I buy a razor mouse. Can I expect this exploit to work for the next 10 years? You know, if I buy one and then it doesn't work next month, I'm going to be pretty angry.
3: Yeah, whoever tweeted about it, you have to ask them about the warranty on this exploit.
1: 10 years of exploit support. I will say, <laughs> just to,
3: to clarify, you don't need a Razer mouse. You don't ever have to purchase a Razer product to use this exploit. And also, if you don't buy a Razer product, it doesn't make you safe from this yes. exploit. Yeah.
1: Rob was saying in the chat too, in this back chat that, uh, you know, there's other things that can do this, including us rubber ducky. And so, I mean, like this isn't, and, and his point really is that this isn't super new, but it's just not as easy to automate. And this was just kind of like point and click, like you could accidentally fall into this. So there's gotta be some more stuff out there. And then I think the last point about this particular attack is that this is a physical attack. So you do have to be in front of the device. This isn't like some remote, you know, remote attack. Uh, You do have to plug this mouse in to kind of, you know, elevate privileges but man that'd be great on some like insider threat they like send you a laptop i'm like yeah I just plug this mouse in and uh, we were good to go yeah, so secure- uh, yeah think-
3: security awareness right usb devices yep. is more it's it's always been true it's more true than ever now right yeah yeah when you plug something in your computer look for a qr code from the manufacturer or something that validates that it's real you know a lot of companies are doing that now where they actually have like a real-time product validator so probably
1: a good thing sure. All right. Well, I think that's uh, all the articles we had. Did anyone have anything else? We've uh, we've easily blown through our hour of great content. I need you to patch my Cisco devices, Ralph. All right. I get you. I get that. I get. I got. I know somebody who knows somebody who has a TAC account. It's really okay. expensive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, if if we're talking about it, Ralph, I I need some autonomous firmware for an AP too. So just,
1: I'll send you an email. It's fine. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll put that on the list. Netgear at
3: ralph.com. Or sorry,
1: ralph at (laughs) (laughs) netgear.com. ralph at netgear.com. That's been my email for a long time, man. It's very stable. 10 years of support. All right, let's let's wrap this one up. All right, uh, thanks for everyone for uh, stopping by, listening to us uh, yap about uh, IoT and all the things wrong with Facebook. So uh, we will catch you guys next time. Later, guys. i'm working through things
4: aren't we all aren't we
1: all